0: Hello, everybody. I'm Warren Smith, and I'd like to welcome you to the Ministry Watch podcast. As we approach year end, the thoughts of children may be turning to gifts under the tree, but the thoughts of ministry executives are turning to year-end gifts and their own giving efforts, and the thoughts of many Donors are turning towards those ministries that they have given to in years past as they try to decide how much or even if they will give again this year. One of the cliches in the philanthropy world is that the state of the stock market is a leading indicator of giving. A rising market doesn't cause increased giving, but historically it has correlated with increased giving. However, 2022 has turned that cliché on its head. This year has been pretty bad for all of the major indices in the stock market, yet philanthropic giving has held steady. And in some areas, it's even increased. Given all of these conflicting signals, I find this year's State of Giving report, put out annually by the Evangelical Council for Financial Accountability, to be particularly helpful. I asked the two men behind the study, Warren Bird and Jake Lapp, to join me for today's extra podcast. Here's that conversation. Well, Jake and Warren, welcome to the program. And Jake, I, let me start with you. Uh, what are the big ideas here? What are the key findings that you guys discovered whenever you did this study? Yeah, Warren, well, thanks for letting
1: us be here. And I'll start with, I'll start with the part one. It's the historical data is where I'll start. And the the big news is three uh, percent. The typical ECFA member, from what we're seeing from twenty 2020 twenty to twenty twenty one, experienced a three percent increase in cash giving. So we specifically focus on cash giving. Uh, we can go into that later, and but three percent is the growth and. We're encouraged by that. That's after inflation as well. So all we inflation adjust these numbers and probably also helpful for our listeners if they're going to later go (laughs) look at their report is to understand that we use a a one member, one vote formula. So we don't look at total dollars to determine that 3% growth. We look at the median growth by our members. So over 1,837 members, right at 1,837 included in this report. And We see positive changes in the last 10 years with this year being the highest in the last 10 years, uh, which is really encouraging. So since um, really since 2018 pre-pandemic, we saw two years of significant growth, two and a half percent last year, three percent this year. Um, And and I also even point out, Warren, the the annualized growth over the last 10 years. So that is two percent. So that's two percent each year. Uh I could, you know, if you broke it down, that means a bill. Oh, go ahead. Yeah. yeah
0: and that's a, again, just to reiterate, that's two percent per year over a 10 year period above inflation. Is that what you're saying? Above inflation. That's right. Wow. right. Yeah. It's it's really encouraging.
1: I mean a million dollar ministry is now up above 1.2 million according to that to those numbers. Mm-hmm. Um but I'll pause there. I mean that's the big that's the big outlook, the big historical piece.
2: Yeah. Warren Bird here. Let me jump in because then after looking at that historical stuff, if that wasn't enough, just to underscore, God's people have been incredibly generous, especially during the pandemic years and especially in light of all this inflation, you take that out and the generosity still shows up. Uh but like the infomercial, but wait, there's more <laughs> because we then said, "Okay, So what's happened this year, 2022, and what's your outlook for 2023? And both of those continue that with a very positive trend. 48% said our year-to-date giving in 2022, this year, is higher than the same time period last year. Um, And another 16% said it's nearly the same. So roughly two-thirds... It's the same or better than 2021. And then we said, so what's your outlook towards 2023? Are you giving, in particular, financial giving? Are you more optimistic, uncertain, or pessimistic? And more than half, 57%, said we are optimistic that this will continue into 2023. So to us, this is a huge wow. Now we can break it down by different types of ministry and churches and the like, but overall, it is most encouraging that God's people have really stepped up and continue to do so.
0: Yeah, I do want to break it down just a little bit, and 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 though if you'll let me table that question for just a moment, I am interested in you, uh, your reaction or your thoughts about this. You know, I've been in the Christian covering the Christian nonprofit world for a lot of years. I've been you know a part of Christian nonprofits for many years as well, often on the fundraising team, and you know, there's kind of one rule or general rule for fundraising and that is when the stock market goes up, giving will go up and then when the stock market goes down, giving often goes down. Most um, responsible fundraisers and statisticians will, will say that there's no causation between the two, but that there definitely is a historical correlation. And uh, yet this year, uh, what I'm seeing from you all study, what I'm seeing from other studies that we've looked at is that while the stock market has gone down, giving has continued to go up. Can you guys explain that?
2: Let me comment that your rule of thumb is actually, if you look in the Giving USA annual report, there's a little tiny footnote somewhere in there. But somebody did an academic study and found that there is a correlation between the stock market standard and Poor's 500 in particular. When it goes up 100 points, a $1 billion dollars more goes to charity. And when it goes down 100 points, a $1 billion dollars less goes to charity. Now, religion giving and we would say churches in particular and Christ center nonprofits, it doesn't have the wild gyrations of the stock market. So when the stock market may surge way ahead, giving goes up a little and 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 when the stock stock market tanks, giving starts to move somewhat downward. But even over a 20-year spread, giving to uh, faith-based churches and ministries continues to inch up, even if not during these times of of stock market drops, right after them, which is very, again, affirming of people who are tithing on a weekly basis or putting God first in their finances in other ways. that they've been consistent through good times and bad.
0: Mm, yeah, great. Jake, anything to add to that? Can I mo- or should I move on? No, you can go ahead and move on. Now I want to come back uh, to that question that you, or that issue that you raised earlier, Warren, which is that you know not all ministry segments are created equal. That um, while overall giving was up about 3%, we saw some segments, uh, and I'm going to just give a couple of examples from your study, twenty uh, human trafficking groups up 28.9%, K-12 schools up 18.3%, church planting up 12%, uh, pregnancy resource centers up 14.5%. I mean, and I'm going to stop there because uh, people can go to your report and, and see more detail there. Um, what do you think that means? I mean, those are big numbers and and some of those are fairly small ministry segments. So to have, you know, 15% growth on a fairly small base is, you know, probably not affecting the overall number very much. But um, I was kind of surprised to see that kind of growth from those segments. Were you and what do you think it means?
1: Warren, this is Jake and I'll, I'll jump in. I think, I mean, in some ways it was surprising, in some ways it wasn't, uh, you know, I think a pregnancy resource center specifically and in all of the activity building up through the year, we know, Roe versus Wade, all of those things. So that, there was a lot of momentum behind pregnancy resource centers and giving, uh, you think of like K through 12 um, still coming out of the pandemic and limited, you know, some some schools still struggling due to government regulations of the pandemic. So more reliant on gifts, uh, we saw that in both pandemic years of, of more reliance on on gifts to um, sustain activity, and we saw that more uh, from twenty 2020 twenty to twenty twenty one. Um, Anti human trafficking, there is just a lot of momentum there. There is a lot of uh, a lot of people that are passionate about. Um, those ministries. And so in those three that you mentioned, I think there's pretty good reasons uh, why Uh, a lot of it is just the environment that we're in and what in in the push that's happening.
0: Yeah, well, I want to ask uh, two about one other segment that I intentionally left out, but it's you're actually the biggest segment, at least in terms of growth, and that's donor advised funds, uh, and uh, in Christian foundation. Well, it's to Christian foundations, I think, is the way that you identified it. But I'm going to guess that a lot of that money is going into donor advised funds that are managed by these Christian foundations, like National Christian Foundation and Waterstone and Signatory and you know the others. Um, and I kind of have a love hate relationship with donor-advised funds, and I want you guys to react and and say more about it. I think donor-advised funds are a fantastic tool for high-capacity givers to manage their philanthropy and manage their overall finances and tax picture. I do worry, though, that a lot of money goes into donor-advised funds And I won't say never comes out, but doesn't come out real quick. It takes years and years for that money to come out. And I'm just a
2: parentheses there, there's a Warren Bird here. um, The studies of donor advised funds during the pandemic and their grant giving absolutely surged in that a lot of people said, honey, we've been saving that money for a rainy day. I think global pandemic equals rainy day. Let's take the money out of the DAF and put it to good use in one of these charities that we we know and have been following. So record numbers of giving through the DAFs.
0: Yeah, yeah. Well, and your study shows that. Uh, uh, what was the number? 65.8% increase in donations to Christian foundations. Do you think that that is part of the explanation to that phenomenon to that growth.
1: I think we could speculate and say yes. I mean, you know, the foundations have a lot of activity so without knowing specifically what their breakdown is across the board of contributions, but just in all the other surveys and all the other research that's been done, I think it's I think it's pretty good to speculate that a large percentage of that growth is to the popularity of donor advised funds. And and like Warren said, while 65% growth in foundations the the grant making coming out of those foundations was also at record levels uh, so more money going in but also a lot more money going out
0: yeah yeah, that's a good word. Uh, talk to me a little bit about churches, because I know one of the things that's unique about ECFA is that you have not only, uh, you know, nonprofit ministries that are members, but also churches that are members, and and that gives you a, a sort of a unique perspective into that world. Uh, any differences between big churches, small churches in terms of giving growth um, year over year?
2: So our context is Warren Bird here. Uh, we have like 300 uh, some odd church members of ECA. That's individual local churches, not the denomination as a whole or uh, the like. And uh, and they tend to be larger churches. Um, some 50 of the 100 largest churches are ECFA accredited. Uh, and so in in a way, this kind of gives a bellwether sense. Now i'll let jake speak to the details but overall they didn't do quite as well as everybody else and and that's understandable in that they weren't meeting in person as much uh the attendance has been uh slow to regain and and replant for many of these churches um that there have been challenges and and um and so we were actually delighted that it ended up as well as it did for churches, uh, but they didn't quite compare as well to everybody else. Jake, you want to put some more flesh on that?
1: Yeah, sure. And I, I won't share all the details because I, I know all the details are in the report. But
0: mm-hmm.
1: yeah, so three percent was the big number. We talked about that at the beginning um, Nonprofits, uh, the nonprofit percentage, that was 5.4% positive growth for our nonprofit ministries. Uh, but when it came to churches, um, unfortunately, it didn't carry through. We actually saw churches experience a 6.6% decline in cash giving. Now, again, that's after inflation. And so it's a pretty close to a wash. Um, inflation was pretty close to that level at the end of 2021. Um, your question, Warren, was around. Sizes and as far as annual revenue of churches go, we broke it down into into, into six different categories, and they all experienced a decline in cash giving uh, during from 2020 to 2021. If you look at it attendance wise, it was very similar. Uh, everybody experienced a decrease, except churches over 8,000 saw a small increase in cash giving. It was around one and a half percent. So, yeah.
0: One uh, of the things that jumped out at me about um, some of the information that you released, and I, and I don't, I don't know whether this was uh, part of the study that you you know that you asked about or uh, asked, but but it showed up in the data so i'm going to ask you about it um i was really interested to learn that ecfa members received more than 19 million dollars in cash donation 19 billion 19 billion dollars let's let's <laughs>
2: underscore that b for billion <laughs> that's
0: right in uh, 2021 but they also received 11.3 billion in revenue from fees in other words Stuff that they do that they're getting paid for. I don't know if it might be books, might be seminars, might be conferences, whatever it might be. That was a, that was a, I mean, I knew that that was a number, I mean, a non zero number, but I had no idea that it was as large as it was 11.3 billion. And that's, that's uh, revenue from fees and investment. So I guess that would be investment income as well. And then 4.7 billion from in kind donations. Um, Got anything to say about that? What what can you help? What can you say to help me understand those numbers?
2: Warren Bird here. Let me jump in first and then Jake, you can give texture. There's all kinds of varieties within ECFA members. For example, the kind that's a child sponsorship, they are about 90 upper 90 percentile dependent on cash donations. That $37 a month you give to sponsor your child or whatever. That's pretty much where all their income comes from. So that's cash donation. On the other extreme, let's take a Christian college or something that has tuition as the lion's share of its income comes in and yet receives donor money as as a way of offsetting the tuition. But that's not the model. They're not not structured to be primarily uh, donation dependent. And then you've got everything in between. Got it.
0: Yeah, that makes sense. Warren Warren Bird, I think you answered that great. I I don't think I have anything additional to add. Excellent. Well, very good. Well, um, the the other thing that I wanted to ask about maybe as we're kind of wrapping this up is that uh, you asked some sort of non-monetary questions about you know, what what are some of the challenges facing um, Christian Ministries and nonprofit uh, leaders now and in in the near future, at least what they anticipate will be in the near future. And one of them was just finding people, finding volunteers, finding employees, staffing issues in a really tight labor market. Can can you flesh that out a little bit? Can you give me some numbers and, and tell me what you're seeing there?
2: I will, but I'd like to say one even ahead of it that, that we built into the subtitle of our report to say giving is up, but so is need, mm. in that we ask people the question: Have you, has your church or ministry observed an increase in individual and or family needs in 2022 compared to 2021? And 78%, four out of five said yes. And then we said, okay, if you said yes, do you attribute a portion of that to inflation? And 71% said yes to that. So that means my church benevolence fund, uh, the soup kitchen that I'm running, the homeless shelter that I'm doing, all of that is seeing an increase in need, um, which then calls for more volunteers and more staff and all the uh, within my financial limitations. So um it's a it's a tremendous time of opportunity uh for Christian groups. And I'm I'm just so glad that they're responding to it. Now then we said, so where where are you facing challenges? And uh, Warren, this is what you alluded to. Are you finding enough donors? Are you finding new donors? And the one that they struggle the most with, are you finding new major donors of 10,000 a year and higher and 63% said yes now frankly i think if we had asked them that any year they they'd be saying yes i'm still looking for those deep pocketed people who love jesus yep. uh, but the one that that sort of didn't surprise us but we want to document was are you having trouble finding new staff and just over half 53% said yes and what about volunteers? 45% said we're struggling to find enough volunteers. So to me, this is, you know, to use a church example, um, people are now willing to come back or to come and and this that safety ish barrier we've crossed, but I don't know quite if I'm ready to invest the second hour crawling on the floor with uh, three year olds and changing diapers. Uh I, I don't I don't know if I'm ready that I've changed my lifestyle that much to jump in whole hog and, uh, God willing that's coming. Yeah, sure. You bet. Well, guys, I really appreciate very
0: much uh, the time that you spent and also the time you spent on the study. I mean, it is a robust study, a lot of data crunch to give us the um, meaningful insights, actionable insights that you were able to put in your report. So I'm grateful for that. I'd like to kind of end with just, you know, asking this question. Anything that I'm not smart enough to ask that, uh, you know, based on your data, Deep, robust. I'm guessing now, year long or even years long uh, exposure to this data. Um, anything that I'm missing, or that uh, you think is particularly important that you want to highlight, Jake? I'll start with you.
1: Yeah, no, I'm happy to jump in, and I think I would highlight with a piece of how to use the how to use the report, and because it is like you said, it's a it's a robust amount of information and covers. <laughs> A lot of ground and we tried to cover as best as we could in the last 10 or 15 minutes, but I think it's important to answer the how, how how do we use this and maybe I'll start with a couple and then uh, I'll let Warren even share his thoughts but I think number one is, is I'll focus on the comparing and benchmarking aspect of of what this report can be used for. Um, I think a lot of people that would pull this report and and look at it and and try to digest are asking the question of how do I compare? Am I normal compared to everybody else? That's why we break it down into 35 ministry segments and break it down into revenue sizes is for organizations to be able to answer that am I normal question. We even go farther and provide an inflation calculator to help ministries learn their, their growth patterns according to the same formulas we used for this for this report but also it can be used to help educate whether it's staff or whether it's even to educate your board on just broader context of of giving patterns like what is what is happening across the board not just as it relates to your ministry but over 100 i'm sure there's over 100 pregnancy resource centers maybe even a few more in this report so to be in you know hundreds of other organizations that they can look at compare understand how they're doing and Again, it's another piece of helping empower people to ask the right questions uh, as they meet. So, Warren, anything else from the ECFA perspective?
2: Now, just bottom line, this is an affirmation that the pandemic did not stop need and it didn't stop giving. And, and it didn't keep people from being optimistic about what's next, that we serve a wonderful God who provides and uh, and amazing ministry is happening thanks to people's generosity.
0: Well, Warren, that's a good word to close on. Let me just say again I, how grateful I am for, for uh, you guys and for the work that you put into this study. So Jake Lapp, Warren Bird, thank you so much for joining me on the program today. Thank you. That brings to a close this episode of the Ministry Watch Extra podcast. Today, you've been listening to Warren Bird and Jake Lapp with the Evangelical Council for Financial Accountability. We've been discussing their new study, The State of Giving 2022. To see our article about that survey, and from there to link to the study itself, just go to ministrywatch.com and look for the story right on the front page of the website. The producers for today's program are Rich Rosell and Jeff McIntosh. We get database, technical, and editorial support from Stephen DeBerry, Christina Darnell, Emily Kern, Rod Pitzer, and Casey Suddeth. Until next time, Merry Christmas, and may God bless you.